0: Good morning, afternoon or evening everybody and welcome to Pangolin, the conservation podcast. The show dedicated to exploring and amplifying the world's underappreciated conservation stories. The stories that inspire me and I hope will inspire you too. I'm your host Jack Baker and thank you for joining me once again for part two of the Pangolin Holiday Spectacular. This week we are back to finish our celebration of the festive season with my three fabulous podcast hosting amazing beautiful wonderful guests. Ellen from Just The Zoo Of Us, Vikram from Plantropology, and Ashley from Get Out Alive. (laughs) Last time we all suggested new holiday traditions, shared the moments we felt closest to nature in the past year, and Vikram and Ashley shared their favourite conservation success stories of 2022. So, this week it is mine and Ellen's turn and we are up to talk about ours. Some fantastic, wonderful Floridian grasshopper sparrows and some wonderful tree-dwelling mammals from Scotland. We also share some of you guys, the listeners' favourite conservation moments from the last year and we reveal our naturey New Year's resolutions. So, sit back, grab a nice warm mug of hot chocolate and without further ado... Let's get festive! I say last but not least, but I somehow feel last and definitely not least because it could be the longest of all of the responses we have had. I'm
1: going to try so hard to keep this. (laughs) If y'all just don't say anything to me while I'm getting through this story, we'll be all right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, Ellen, it's over to you. Thank you. Please take it away. Everybody get comfy.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, So my story, I try to keep this local. I wanted this to be something that is Florida specific. Um, I am a Florida native. I've lived here my whole life and uh, it's really important to me. And so I wanted to talk about a conservation story that's happening in Florida. And this is about a bird uh, called the grasshopper sparrow and specifically a subspecies of the grasshopper sparrow, that is the Florida grasshopper sparrow. So grasshopper sparrows are these tiny little brown songbirds. Uh, they're named for their distinct song, which sounds like two little chirps and then a buzzing sound. And the buzz sounds like the stridulation of grasshoppers. So that's why they're called that. They make a little like an insect's kind of buzzing sound, which is really, really cute. And they live in grasslands and prairies. So a lot of people, I think when you hear about Florida, you really only think about like the beaches or maybe the swamps of the Everglades. But Florida has so many ecosystems. So especially in central Florida, you get a lot of legitimate grasslands and prairies. There's even, um, you know, a a prairie in central Florida that uh, when the Spanish first arrived in Florida, they called it the Alachua Savannah because it looks like, you know, it's a big giant it's not as dry as you know maybe like an african savanna, but it's big flat grassland florida's extremely flat um sorry if you can hear my my toddler he's <laughs> just outside my door <laughs> <laughs> so in uh the thing about these little grasshopper sparrows is that they live in these grasslands and they rely on big kind of uninterrupted areas because they make these cup-shaped nests under the grass, in the ground. These are not tree-dwelling birds. They avoid trees. So they make their nests underneath the grass, and then on the ground, they forage for bugs and invertebrates and stuff like that. So they really rely on these uninterrupted grassland prairies. Um, the problem is that by 2017, there were only estimated to be 15 breeding pairs of Florida grasshopper sparrows left. So about a hun- about um, 80 individuals left Of the Florida grasshopper sparrows, they were very, very few. And this was mostly because of like a combination of factors. Some of the big ones were invasive fire ants. Um, As you can imagine with a ground dwelling species, especially like when you've got a baby bird that can't get off the ground yet, um, invasive fire ants are a huge problem. Uh, Also flooding the grasslands, uh, especially in like central Florida, because of the development of the coasts, you're getting a lot more flooding inland in Florida as like some of our natural storm barriers are being like developed and and done away with. We don't have as much protection from flooding, so they're getting a lot more flooding than they're used to. Also, the conversion of their prairie habitats into like agricultural fields or development or things like that. So lots of things going working against the grasshopper sparrow. Um, that's kind of setting the stage. Things are not looking great in 2017, 2018 for the grasshopper sparrow. And then, uh, the white oak, white oak conservation, which is in Yulee, Florida, which is really close to where I live. It's like an hour away, uh, in partnership with the Florida fish and wildlife conservation commission and us fish and wildlife service, they started breeding Florida grasshopper sparrows and they started releasing the sparrows into the wild in may of 2019 And then the biologists just kind of kept tabs on them, kept an eye on them in the next year. So in 2020, they found that a lot of the released birds had begun breeding and were, you know, repopulating. And they found that of the wild sparrows that they found in that area, over half of them were children of the captive bred grasshopper sparrows. So they were really taking off. They were doing really, really well. Um, and by uh, 2022, the reason I you know chose it as like a, a conservation story for this year was that they have really been brought back up in numbers a lot this year. This year, they released the 501st uh, captive-bred grasshopper sparrow. That's not to say that there's like now 500 grasshopper sparrows. That's just how many they've released at this point. Um, and they're doing really well. They're they're up to I saw an estimate of like 200. Florida grasshopper sparrows up from 80, which is great. Um, amazing, huge growth. But of course, you know, captive bred release isn't everything that's contributing to their recovery, because as we all know, you know, you have to also protect their habitat to make sure that they have somewhere to live once you've released them. You know, if if you're not conserving their land, then where are you going to put all these sparrows? So uh, this is the story within a story that I mentioned <laughs> uh, to you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. There was a secret Second story inside of this story. Uh, One of the biggest habitats for the Florida grasshopper sparrow is on this property, this 27,000 acre property that's called the DeLuca Ranch, which uh, was owned by the founder of Subway, Fred DeLuca. Um, So he owned this 27,000 acre plot of land in the middle of central Florida. So the ranch, this huge swath of land, was slated for development into a massive new city, a huge urban development sprawling throughout central Florida. It was gonna be called destiny. And they had all these plans that like they were gonna make it like sustainable and eco-friendly with like nature trails and you know, okay, but they were still gonna develop into it, develop it into like a big urban city uh it fell apart in a train wreck of legal issues <laughs> it was like over they were they said in like the early 2000s like they had unveiled these plans and then it just fell apart over time they started bickering with each other like nobody was getting anywhere with it it was just like legal issue after legal issue one of the guys that was like designing it went to jail it was a whole thing
0: um ellen ellen <laughs> ellen was that there Destiny. Yeah, apparently your <laughs> destiny
1: was I can't, I can't
2: work like this. Complete I quit. failure.
1: <laughs> so it failed and uh Fred DeLuca passed away in 2015. After that his widow Elizabeth donated the entire 27,000 acre property to the University of Florida.
3: Yes, let the women do wow. the
0: work. Oh my that's <laughs> Amazing. Yes. This is like, it's Redo Hamilton, but about this. Yes, Because thank you. And Like have that twist at the end where the wife is actually, of course, the best thing of the whole story. The one doing yes. the work, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she donated the entire property in November of 2020. I don't want to give too much praise to oh. the rich people in this story, <laughs> because first of yeah. all, he, you know, Fred DeLuca was the one that was going to develop it. Into a big Mm -hmm, giant city. And I have a feeling that this was just kind of a big, huge, like money sink for them that they were just like bleeding money out of because they had to pay, you know, property taxes and everything on it and they weren't getting anything off of it. So I feel like this was maybe like a big tax write off situation. Mm. Um, I feel like there was maybe a little bit more to this than a big, you know, you know, let's do a nice thing kind of move. Mm -hmm. But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that aside something good came out of it which was that University mm-hmm. of Florida was given 27,000 acres of land in uh central Florida and so now the university is able to like maintain that land so they have you know their plans basically are to use it for conservation but also for research use it kind of as like a living classroom so they can take students out there and learn forest management and land management and ecology use it for field research you know all sorts of stuff there's so much they can do with this land but the most important one is not turning it into a giant city which is amazing destiny yes what What are you doing (laughs) how self-important i don't know yeah ridiculous move but so like this preserve is obviously home to you know the florida grasshopper sparrow which is almost extinct but it also houses things like the florida panther and gopher tortoises and very like struggling species that really need that space especially as a wildlife corridor So like to get from one um, habitat to another, it's really important that that land stays uninterrupted by things like, you know, giant highways slicing right through the middle of them. Um, So big win, huge win for conservation to have that land, uh, you know, set aside. There was also a conservation easement placed on the property. Um, So basically it's like you can't develop on it now which i think is really really cool okay. yeah it's amazing so they're doing some great work out there it's called the deluca preserve now um and i just think that was a great story that was a really interesting story within a story i think and things are things are starting to look up for the florida grasshopper sparrow another one to look like keep an eye on right because they're not out of the they're not out of the woods just quite yet um but it's looking a lot better than it was in 2017 for them so happy I for i wonder
3: my if bird part friend. of the reason <laughs> that they couldn't develop was because of the endangered species. Like, I doubt Did you find it. anything about that?
1: I like, I don't think that was it. I think it was just Ugh, that like, that they sucks. really couldn't come to uh, agreements, you know, about financial. It seemed like it was a lot of wow. boring financial and legal issues that like, they really couldn't sort out. Um, and it was just, oh, this was also around the time of like the 2008 economic crash. So like, It was just Mm. kind of a bad – it just never really panned out, and it went south, and they never did anything with it, which makes me think, like, I have to – that's why I don't want to give the landowners too much – you know praise for this because i feel like it's like you weren't always gonna do that you know it's like after this business deal fell through then (laughs) they're like oh well if we can't make a ton of money off of it then yeah sure give it to conservation um (laughs) (laughs) so like the ultimate result was a good thing um i can't give them too much praise for that but but it is still great news Mm
0: -hmm. and I love it because all the way through that in my head, after I learned that it was called Destiny, repeating, and again, this may be a niche reference, some of you may get it, some of you may not, but is the clip of RuPaul <laughs> critiquing somebody and sending them home being like, impersonating Beyoncé. Is not your destiny, child. <laughs> and I'm like making money on a housing estate. No. Is not your destiny, child. <laughs> <It> certainly was, <laughs> <It> was <not>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's I know that's I like that. Another one to watch. I'm appreciating these. Like, let's see where this goes because yeah. we've got some good news, and then top it up with like excitement to look to the future. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting. And like of all the. So Florida, as we you were on the show earlier this year talking about the weird, wonderful, magical, incredible, (laughs) bizarrely diverse species of Florida. Why, when it came down to the end of the, why this one in particular? Like what was it about the grasshopper sparrow?
1: I think because not a lot of people know about them. Um, Mm -hmm. They're kind of an underwhelming, like not a super charismatic little bird because, you know, they're a little, you get that thing, especially among like bird watchers of like, it's a little brown bird, right? Like there, there's nothing particularly flashy um, or, you know, eye catching about them. So people kind of ignore them or don't know that they're there, um, which I think is, you know, results in a lot of people not really caring about, oh, well, why should we care if we develop their habitat? Because there are tons of little brown sparrows who cares about this one in particular um even though this one you know functionally is very different from other sparrows in the way that it like where it nests and what it does and what it does you know on the ground and things like that so um i think this is one not a lot of people know about you know a lot of people you hear a lot about our things our panthers and our manatees and and our snakes and and all sorts of stuff but uh this is one that goes under the radar a lot but it's a really cute little story
0: mm-hmm. no i love that i love it and it's like yeah i appreciate Yeah, I I don't know. It's strange to me, though, that it wouldn't go under like it goes underappreciated because I remember like when I was in Tucson, I went to the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum, Mm. which for all of you who are in the country, get to that state and go to that museum as soon as you can, if you haven't been there, because it was fantastic. But like they had had a rare hummingbird spotted on (sighs) site. And the number of birders, or is it twitchers? (laughs) Birders and twitchers and all sorts of people with big cameras and binoculars were like, apparently had descended and were all stood around this bush like just to try and like get a tiny little glimpse of this hummingbird, which to me, like as with probably the sparrow, didn't look any different to any other hummingbird. Like it was beautiful and it was incredible. So it shocks me that like, Maybe that community is more into these little weird little hum, um sparrows, but like mm-hmm. I'm shocked like more people wouldn't be, because that's it's a shame. It's a shame.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: Well, as someone who doesn't know anything about birds, it's a cute little bird. It is a cute <laughs> little bird. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, hey, that that looks like a cute little bird to me. It <laughs> is, but uh, it's
1: also like there's not a lot to set it apart visually from a lot of the right. other cute little brown birds that you might see around. So like it could probably mm-hmm. go completely unnoticed.
2: You know, it's interesting. This is A little bit of a tangent, but we uh, recently had a, I'm running into things and making sounds, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, We had a rare Grosbeak, Grosbeak, am I making that up, Uh, spotted in the horticulture garden that I run on campus Mm a few weeks ago. And there were like dozens, like Mm -hmm. dozens of birders like descended on my garden. I like, I didn't know what they were doing. They were just like people with giant cameras and stuff out. And I was like,
1: and you were like, for hmm?" me? Oh, it's my yeah. photo shoot.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, they yeah. thought it was weird that I was just posing in the trees because I'm like, well, I have it that way anyway. Uh, but so I guess when I was out there one day, they saw it and they're like, oh, there it is. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a little bird. They didn't appreciate that, but uh, I don't know. I, I but that's that's so cool. I love the um, you know Munch squad of a story you threw in there. Your your story in a story. Yeah, it was a little.
1: Uh, it was a nesting story.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah that was cool well and Her that jokes. you know 20, 27, 000 acres is <laughs>
1: that's a lot of that, land that's
2: that's a lot of land mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's like yeah. a huge chunk of central florida and like all of it is complete like some of it was like farm like, like ranch land and stuff like that um but for the for the vast majority of it is just undeveloped like wilderness which is really really cool
0: mm-hmm yeah, the the secret story makes me think this is when we find out Ellen is secretly sponsored by Subway. Um, so uh, <laughs> if I
1: were, the... they would revoke their sponsorship immediately because I am not being incredibly <laughs> flattering of uh, the way they are portrayed in the story.
2: She just she just pulls out a foot long sub, like it's <laughs> like, just like on, hiding on her desk
0: <laughs> for the rest of the episode. If everybody and could end every sentence with the words "eat fresh," that would just be perfect. That would Actually, be <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's illegal for Floridians to promote Subway because we're contractually obligated to promote public subs instead. Mm. Um, it's got to be Pub subs for us, so we're not allowed to promote competitors.
0: Uh, when I went to Florida, like when I was younger, we went to Disneyland and like all of the like things. Nothing does my like Disney Animal Kingdom, Epcot, all of these things. <laughs> none of nothing gets brought up more than Publix. Did you have and a I don't sub? know why. I, I didn't even, no, I didn't even have, I, people, we just loved it, they, my family no. just loved the shop, they Jack's just loved like, the shop. why are you shop. asking me if I went to a grocery store? <laughs> well, like, I went to a grocery store, but we didn't, I didn't eat the sub, but like, it's something that gets brought up more than it should, and the I don't lifestyle. know why, I really don't know. Oh, but, it's because you know. it's
1: such a staple of daily life in Florida, <laughs> if you need literally anything, you go to Publix, we're there like every day, it's, it's just a uh, part of the architecture.
0: Oh see i always think maybe this is too stereotypical i'm stereotyping america but i think of <laughs> we, walmart no, and target and not like yeah I I mean, we've got those two
1: but like ashley i think ashley and vikram i don't think y'all have Publix where you live no no it's like a southeast <sighs> regional thing
0: you're missing out clearly so like <laughs> get down there don't go to disney
2: don't go to universal get no. down there for the subs get you a pub sub. So. we have a we have a grocery store called heb which i think stands for herman e butts. <laughs> anyway, wow. that has nothing to do with anything, but
4: uh,
1: No, american uh, grocery store rivalries get pretty fierce. So i don't think you want to oh, go yeah. down this particular Kinda road. Oh, <laughs> uh, I
0: Oh, you know, um, yeah, I didn't even I didn't realize that. Maybe that's another podcast. Let's, we can fight about the best <laughs> grocery stores in america next. That that can be a whole other whole other segment. Um, no, that's for t- any other final follow-up questions for Ellen. I dare no. you. <laughs> that's not in the festive spirit. I don't know why I'm bringing posi- such a
1: confrontational energy to the podcast. <laughs> you, are, now. you are, yeah. I'm in a mood, I guess. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean,
0: to be fair, nothing sums up the holidays than more than people arguing about pointless little things. That's true. So that's really the essence of what we're bringing, I think. I'm falling yeah.
1: on that grenade for y'all. we
0: appreciate it so so deeply um no (laughs) no um i guess it's my turn my story so um i decided because we had two birds plants um i went for i tried to pick something local to me as well inspired by ellen um but also something different so i went with mammals i have been accused in the past of having a mammal bias um and i think that's true (laughs) um so we're just going to embrace it today um And so, yeah, the story that I kind of went with um, was one that I saw kind of earlier in the year and then it came back up in November. So it was kind of like a two-parter, which I thought would be a fun one. Um, And that is here in Scotland. We have a a war raging between two different types of squirrel. And I don't know if you are familiar with this problem in the UK. So the UK used to be home to the native red squirrel. um, And it is a beautiful, tiny little um squirrel the perfect like postcard image of a squirrel um and then some time ago uh, the grey the species the grey squirrel was imported um bigger chunkier um and not only that it also carries a disease which kills the red squirrel oh so throughout time starting down the grey squirrel has kind of moved up from the bottom of the UK and the red squirrel has kind of been pushed up and up and up and Eventually, it kind of reached this point where there's a river that's kind of cuts across part of Scotland. And um, it kind of leveled out there where the red squirrel was kind of above there and the grey squirrel was below and they were happy, whatever. But then grey squirrels be grey squirreling and they pushed, they started pushing up. And so we needed a hero, someone to step out of the, the darkness and into the light to protect our beloved red squirrels. And that animal was the pine martin, which <gasps> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> clearly by Ashley's reaction, you know what a pine martin is. Vikram is yes. Googling. I know. Beautiful. <laughs>
3: so beautiful, I knew it was going to be. As soon as you were like, "We needed a hero," I was like, "It's a mustelid. It has to be a mustelid."
2: <laughs> and uh, he's yes. just a little guy. really sweet, little, little guy. guys. Yeah,
0: um, and like there are these things that like. I have never seen one in the UK, but they are here, they're around, they are fantastic, very cute, charismatic. Like, I don't know why we don't talk about and celebrate them more, because they are brilliant. Um, and so what happened was a group of uh people from Forestry and Land Scotland, they there were Pine Martins kind of present in the kind of battleground in the middle where the there was the kind of uh grey squirrels were advancing. Um, and so they set up um nest boxes for pine martins to try and encourage them to reproduce and increase their number because pine martins love to eat grey squirrels um so what they will do is if they increase the number of pine martens, hopefully they will eat the grey squirrels and the red squirrels they're smaller and nimbler so they can get away mm-hmm. um, whereas the grey squirrels aren't quite as fast so they get eaten um and so yes i think they said they installed 30 of these boxes along kind of um this area where they were trying to protect and yeah it had huge kind of success the pine martins have reproduced to a huge amount this year um they have started hopefully um if the theory is working protecting the red squirrels eating the the greys i think there's also voles in the area which they like to to munch on um so they have that there as well And then also a second kind of cool, I am doing a story in a story as well. It's cool development that's been happening within one area that I think is really interesting is they need to, obviously with the increase in pine martens, they want to keep track of how many are increasing and how many, like, so they can know, okay, what's the impact of these boxes that we're putting out? How is it going Um, to try and encourage them to reproduce? So they've developed a way of using kind of heat sensors to see what's going on inside the nest boxes because previously they'd have to go up and like look every time they wanted to see oh, are there pine martens in here are they reproducing but that was very that would disturb them stress them out could impact if they wanted to kind of reproduce in that area they might no longer feel safe so they've developed these kind of heat sensors that they can point at the box and see if there are pine martens developing in there so mine is also kind of a developing story. i know it's like great um and it, so mine is also a developing story it's a story that is going on in scotland which i love and i think it features three very charismatic i kind of villainized the gray squirrels there yeah, but fine. I, yeah, I can I afford do love it, them, it's So it's <laughs> there are a lot They're of them fun. um yeah, yeah so you know um it's yeah it's fantastic and like you should like if you ever visit Scotland, the way we talk about red squirrels, if you see a red squirrel, it's like you've run into a celebrity. There's not many people <laughs> here up in the Highlands, but you see a red squirrel, you're like everyone is in awe, they're amazed. And so it's nice to know that they are gaining protection through another very fantastic creature, the pine martin. So yeah. That's I kind of my tale. So okay, funny. So
2: are red squirrels the like the cute ones that have the little tufty ears? Yes. Mm. Okay. And the gray squirrels look like they've been in like bar fights constantly yeah. for years. <laughs> yes. <okay. laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I can't we wait have... for
1: I can't wait for next year when your conservation success story is about the new predator that you have to introduce to take care of the pine yes. martens. <laughs> <Yes.
3: laughs> I was just gonna say that because I was like, oh man, in Hawaii they released mongooses, mm-hmm. mongooses, who's to say to <laughs> try to i forget i think it was go after rats and then the, the monkeys just started eating everything else and i was like huh mustelids will eat pretty much anything so mm-hmm. i'm very
0: interested to see where this goes
1: oh yeah they're because... so mean <laughs> 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 they're so mean <laughs> oh,
0: see, so, this is the th- like i love them but like yeah uh, th- and they were in the area naturally which i think helps they weren't just cool. like randomly dropped there they're just kind of yeah. encouraging a population mm. but like if you give them bed and ample food That is just going to skyrocket numbers.
1: Yeah. I'm just worried about a little old lady who swallowed the fly sort of deal where you're like, (laughs) now you've got to bring in something bigger now to take out the pine Martins and bring back wolves. Really? Yeah. I was going to say just (laughs) releasing wolves.
2: (laughs) So I had to look up again, most of these animals. uh, And and this is maybe the cutest thing I've ever seen. They're so cute. Um, And here's (laughs) a picture of one I'm looking at. You probably can't see it very well. Uh, In London, carrying a loaf of bread. Oh. um it is not a squirrel it's that it's folksy. eating it's a loaf of bread that it's eating yeah mm. I know
1: like its a, know. it sounds like it comes out of a little children's book like this is Mrs. Okay. Pine modern coming home with a loaf
0: of bread <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I was about to do that impression and I'm so glad you to, <laughs> because mine might have had some grasp on reality because I'm at least from a similar country. <laughs> No. <laughs> my, my voice probably could stretch there no. <laughs> no I love yeah I love that I love it so much Um, no it's yeah they're fantastic and like yeah and I don't know I don't know where I was going with that sentence I just started it and didn't know where it was going to end up but I it's yeah okay. A well, I was gonna
3: say, Jack, you know, I think it's funny that in Scotland people love red squirrels because here in the Northeast in America, people are like, red squirrels are the worst. <laughs> they are so mean. No. We highly prefer gray squirrels. I mean, I think Scotland's red squirrels are cuter and less um nasty than our <laughs> red squirrels, but ours are not nice at all. And like try to outcompete the gray squirrel. So
0: that's really yeah. weird. Like it's like yeah. the opposite, like interesting. Mm-hmm. i wonder mm, maybe there's a cousin of the pine martin you can introduce and then like we have do
3: allegedly fo- have pine martin and fisher but they're just like eh, there's easier <laughs>
0: options <laughs> oh so. uh, no that's interesting and actually now i've remembered where i was going with my thank you for that because that was bit useful because it gave me time not only to process your excellent narrative but also rethink on mine um <laughs> no i was thinking about the wolf comment because i feel like it's something we talk about a lot in Scotland and it gets brought up every year. So this is another developing story is like we in the UK basically killed everything that is big. Um, so the biggest animal we probably have on land is a deer. And the biggest carnivore is a badger. Um, And a badger's not going up a tree after a, <laughs> after a pine marten. As much as it might like to, it's not, it's probably not going to catch it. Um, So no, I wish like there is a little part of me that deep down is like, well, we, I think mean, we, we could just put some wolves and see what happens. Just put like, some
1: in. That's yeah, probably fine. There's,
0: there's definitely discussions about lynx, because I feel like people are less scared of lynx. Yeah. So, like, huh. they're a bit more That's like... weird. Yeah. That's like, the gateway
1: predator to wolves. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> your stepping stone.
0: Yeah.
3: Lions. <laughs> bears.
1: <laughs> We're working our way up to wolves.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we really want to go back to... Pangea. We're gonna just push it all the way back. Um, giant reptiles, giant bogs, everything. Just Reject release it Modernity embrace tradition.
2: <laughs> embrace Pangea. <laughs> we need a really big tugboat.
1: <laughs> we need to all just ropes. start walking back into the ocean very slowly.
2: Return from whence you came. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... speaking
3: of wolves. Oh, go ahead, Victor. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of wolves, I'm very surprised no one mentioned Colorado's plan to reintroduce wolves.
1: That because... one feels a little more controversial than I'm willing to tackle. Yeah, that's a big one.
3: I mean, wolves in general, I think, are hard to tackle mm-hmm. for anybody.
1: But.
2: Well, they're, they're big and they have teeth. I wouldn't tackle one. I'm, I, I'll I, see yeah. myself out.
3: I'm <laughs> out. Um, Smart
4: man. I
2: was, was going to say, you started, uh, the, uh, you talking about musselids and, and the uh, pine marten, Um I I'm gonna throw in a bonus story because <gasps> I'm choosing chaos. So this is a animal one, believe it or not. Um we are has any has everyone seen a prairie dog? Do you know what a prairie dog yes. is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've seen them at a pet over...
1: store, which is not where I thought I was gonna see them.
2: Yeah, they sell That's them in packs. People just like have and them and no, they like don't do that. Straight they'll like straight up give you the plague and bite your fingers <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> no, they're not
4: say.
2: like like they're one of the last, I think, reservoirs of the bubonic plague. Uh, and like we get we see plague pop up along the U.S.-Mexico border because of Prairie Dogs, like on a regular <laughs> basis, the Texas-Mexico border. Uh, they're they're mean and they're big and they're weird and funny, but we're overrun with them here where I live. Like they are a uh, aggressive in. they're not. I mean, they're not invasive because they like we're here. Uh, but they're looking at reintroducing black-footed ferrets um to to my part of texas to help uh, take care of the prairie dog problem and uh they're a texas native and they're i mean, it's been it's been ongoing for a while but it's an interesting thing and i read a local article earlier this year about it and uh you know just like any time anything like this happens there's people that are like all the ferrets and people are like no no ferrets i love the prairie dogs but um it's just i don't know it's really interesting and and when ashley said that they'll eat pretty much anything like yeah just just let them go let them take out these prairie dogs that are the same size as them
1: i like that mustelids are the go-to like mercenary like (laughs) ecological sort of like assassin that you're like yeah we need this one taken care of i know a guy and you call up release the the ferrets call up the mustelid. you know you're like like i i got somebody
2: he works He's got like a trench coat and an eye patch.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He says, I don't do that anymore. I'm retired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm picturing them in like a dark smoky bar. There's mm-hmm. a <laughs> raccoon in a Santa hat in the corner <laughs> just with a pipe. Like mm. <laughs> this isn't the job for me. <laughs> The the the
2: ferrets are definitely smoking something unfiltered, just drinking straight <laughs> bottom shelf scotch. Yep. There's
0: a, a reindeer eating mushrooms on the bar, just like.
2: <laughs> I'd watch this movie. I don't
1: remember the scene of Zootopia. <laughs> Is it a oh. Sequel? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a much
0: darker. It took a hard left in the in the sequel. It went real bad, real fast. The first uh, one was no. already
1: pretty rough, so the second one. Yeah what a wild ride oh
0: <laughs> no no <laughs> to move swiftly on from that uh i wish oh so sorry I, no i am enjoying painting that picture i want someone if, if i want to get a bit of merchandise that's like that you know the dogs round the like poker table poker mm. like, <laughs> That'd be adorable. like all of these different animals just doing <laughs> sketchy things like in a bar participating I, I, I in
1: crimes
0: that. Yeah, any wildlife artists out there, if you're listening, I will pay you handsomely if you do this. I, like, um, We need four copies um, and we would love them forever. Um, no, that's, oh, I love that. Fantastic. 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 Oh, this has been so much fun. I love it. This has been great, guys. I know. We um, should do
3: it again sometime. Oh, we should do it
0: again. Yeah, let's make it more than once a year. If only I Christmas came say... every month.
3: I was going to ask you all to come on my podcast, but I was like, it's hard to ask people what their favorite attack
1: story was of the year. I live in Florida. I've got some favorites. Uh. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, Florida, you are in the, the hot spot for oh, these. So um, much. have yeah. an unfair advantage. Yeah, I was attacked by a crow once, and I've been bitten by a lemur, but that's about as exciting as it gets. Um,
3: that is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, my, my It was while I was younger. We were in the Lake District at uh, Zoo um, and this lemur just came up. A red rough lemur came up and chomped on my hand. Um, and my mum had to phone the doctor and be like, oh my God, like my son's just been bitten by a lemur. Like, what do we do? And the poor doctor was like, oh my God, where are you? Like, are you somewhere in Africa? Like, where, She was like, no, we're in England. Um, <laughs> Just, uh, but yeah, so it was a, a, it's a strong, strong story. Not a great story. That's about it. But you know, it's a, it's an attack. It counts. That um, does count. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. The crow is much more exciting because I was just walking peacefully home from the gym and then it decided it really didn't like me. And then I felt something hit the back of my head really hard. And I was like, what was that and then turned around looked saw it was a crow and it was going in for another one so mm-hmm. in sheer panic I was like I can't beat this it's flying I can't fight <laughs> it I just started running I was like oh my god you were on the naughty and...
1: list that was one of Santa's helpers
2: <laughs> yes. that was one of Santa's crows <laughs> yeah. Santa and his attack crows oh my god oh. those corvids I swear they're yeah. evil evil the mustelids
3: um... of the sky <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you know oh i love you people you're wonderful oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fantastic and <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna have to segue on i'm gonna have to because otherwise we're gonna sit here forever um and to, what I was going to do next is bring the fans in, but I don't know if they'd want to be brought in at this point, um, but we're <laughs> going to bring them in um, because I asked them, I put a message out on social media um, and asked, what were your favourite conservation stories of 2022? And I thought I could quick fire through some of them because I thought it'd be good to like widen our perspectives of beyond us for here. Um, Cause I think we focus a lot on bad stories a lot of the time and so to take a moment at the end of the at the end of the year to reflect on good stuff I think is a good nice fun idea and so people submitted a few things um first of all we had um Tash who has been on my show um who drew a lovely rainbow pangolin um, I have it after it's I on my on laptop Euros. I also it's on the back of my laptop now as well <laughs> I love it um and so she said she also mentioned Pine Martins um, because they were released outside of London um, just outside of London about three years ago. And for the first time in 100 years, a Pine Martin has been spotted in London um, mm. perhaps stealing a loaf of bread. Who knows? <laughs> um, so uh, a fun one. Um, Marta, who I worked with, actually, at the Botanic Gardens in Edinburgh and now works for the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland. She submitted a... Uh, uh, a story all about the Saving Wildcats programme here in um, Scotland, which is a, a programme to kind of help um, the Scottish wildcat. So it is, we, we call it the Highland Tiger, but it is not quite as big. It's basically this a little wildcat the size of a house cat. It's very fantastic, very cute. We spent a lot, I was teaching today at Edinburgh Zoo and we spent a long time appreciating them frolicking in the snow. They're brilliant. And the Saving Wildcats project aims to kind of repopulate the kind of number of those in Scotland because they've faced issues, um, all sorts of conservation issues. One of the major ones being kind of hybridization with domestic cats because they're that kind of size. Um, and so when they see cats that have been let out of homes, they go and they make baby cats with them. And that kind of drives the numbers down. Um, but at the Saving Wild Cats project up in the Highlands, um, this is their first year, and they aimed to have 20 kittens born that they could maybe release next year. And they had 22 in six uh, letters of cats. Cool. So, yeah, very nice. They will be hopefully released into Scotland at some point in 2023. Um, we had Eric, of course, mentioned the black naped pheasant pigeon, which we mentioned. Oh, uh, Adam, Jack, real quick, oh. I wanted to ask, is that program that okay. you're talking
1: about the one that the Netflix documentary, The Tigers of Scotland, is about?
0: I didn't even know there was a Netflix documentary. I know it they're is. making a documentary.
1: There is a Netflix documentary called The Tigers of Scotland, and I've watched it, and it's really, really good. So um, I was really excited <laughs> to be like, I know this one, I know this one. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, I, I hope so. I'm going to go, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going downstairs and finding this documentary. Um, hopefully it's not a horrifying sequel to Tiger King, um, because no, I have not heard this is about this. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> From 2018. But, no. Oh, that's actually a, so yeah. Maybe it was kind of covering them pre efforts to conserve them.
1: It looks I like, like um, it was originally acquired by Netflix in 2018, but is currently listed on Apple TV. So if you have Apple oh, TV, try that. TV.
0: No, well, I've been waiting because I've been building up because I want to watch Prehistoric Planet and all these things. And I'm get planning to get the week free. Yes, yep, I'm get binging the free week. through everything. You know, <laughs> your entire week. Yeah. I love that. Yep. <laughs> um, if you ever, if anyone wonders why they can't contact me over Christmas, that's what I'll be doing. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I love that. Um, so yeah, Ashley, you looked like you were going to jump in there. Did you have something to say or was I?
3: Oh, just prehistoric planet. Sounds
1: fun. It's extremely good. <laughs> it's extremely good. Please watch it.
0: Hmm. Uh, what
3: is Okay. I'm assuming it's about the planet a while ago.
1: It's it's a David Attenborough BBC <laughs> documentary. That's all about like dinosaurs and stuff that they've like, you know, you've used, used CGI to like bring back to life, but it's really cool. Cause they incorporate like behavior of living birds into like the dinosaurs and there are a lot they take a lot of liberties right they like add stuff that like isn't supported at all by like fossil record that they're like wouldn't this be cool (laughs) um which i think is i'm all for it i'm like yes please do it's great it's it's delightful it's beautiful i know like darren Naish. Uh, From the Tetrapod Zoology blog was like one of the, you know, science, science consultants on it. And they had like a ton of paleontologists and stuff working like consulting on it. And it's narrated by David Attenborough. And it is just beautiful. And it's, it's lovely.
3: It sounded like prehistoric predators on YouTube. If anyone's ever seen that, it's not narrated by David Attenborough, (laughs) but it's about prehistoric predators and like same thing, CGI. And like they take in behavior into account and stuff like that yeah. really good so anyways yes.
2: i'll add that to my list all kinds of things to watch
0: <laughs> yes. i love that I lo- this is really we just need to have a whole section at the end of like i'll put in the like list maybe the description of this episode will be so long of like here are all of our references that we mentioned plus <laughs> all of the things we recommend it's you watch be to- <laughs> yeah and it'll be bizarre because it'll be like division prehistoric planet <laughs> <laughs> just completely disparate <laughs> ideas but it'll be fine um so, yes, I also love how we were like, I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to quick fire this. And then, sorry. because we're podcasters, that's I'm not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um, unreasonable. I'll, <laughs> what if I, how about this? I'll shoot through the next ones, the rest of the list. There's only a couple left. And then we can come back, do them all at once at the end. <laughs> this is my goal is to get through this. I, Ellen, I can see her looking, you're going to make mischief. I can to, see it in your I'm face. I'm going
1: to mute. I'm muting my microphone, so I physically <gasps> can't interrupt you.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. There is peace. So, next story. Now I'm going to stumble over all my words and just be like, oh, God. Listeners, they're all laughing. It's chaos. You're
2: it's disaster. You're being haunted by
4: my ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The ghost of distractions past.
0: Oh, this is it. So, who? Which one of the three of you is present? Which one is past, and which one is future? It's keeping on the Christmas theme of like.
2: <laughs> which one was the one that ate all the cookies? Because that was me.
0: <laughs> Maybe that was that's in the Muppets version. I'm sure that's uh, yeah. Which, um, that's
2: the best version, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> All right, uh, go on. Sorry. Okay. We've got
0: this. We've got this. We've got this. So Adam from ZSL, Zoological Society of London, uh, wanted me to mention their successful breeding programs that have happened uh, this year. They've had baby tiger cubs. They've had uh, a little giraffe um, at Whipsnade Zoo, which is called Wilfred, which I think is the sweetest little name I've ever heard for a giraffe. Um, and I also wanted to mention off the back of that, the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland, which I work for because I have to one up, uh, London all of the time, of course. Um, we had a uh, very, very, very sweet baby rockhopper and gentoo penguins this year, um, as well as some very sweet snow leopards, who are just the most adorable, lovely things in the world. Born in Scotland uh, as part of conservation breeding programs. Um, speaking of the RZSS, Simon wanted me to mention their pine hoverfly project, which is a project to successfully breed and reintroduce um the pine hoverfly, which is a tiny little type of fly that lives in the Highlands of Scotland was almost extinct. And then this breeding project kind of started in a shed, basically, um, at the Highland Wildlife Park in Scotland. And now there are hundreds of flies, which are now being released uh, back out into into Scotland in the Highlands. Um, and Dylan mentioned the release of three European bison into a piece of Kent woodland uh, in an attempt to create a more natural and biodiverse area. So they've released bison, these kind of large herbivores, in an attempt to kind of re-get the kind of ecosystem going, knock down some trees, get it back to a more natural state where there was once big kind of herbivores roaming around. So they have released the bison. And as an extra bonus thing, one of those bison, because animals be animaling, um, was pregnant at the time. Nobody knew. So there is now four bison, uh, including one exceptionally cute baby bison roaming around the Kent woodlands. and so, yes, those are, you can unmute, those are our conservation highlights from our listeners. A kind of UK heavy focus, but I think they're all very cute, wonderful stories. So I think, yeah. Good are connection. you accepting Any...
1: interruptions at this time?
0: Yes, Ellen, <laughs> I can see you're going to explode. So go for it. Go We've for also it.
1: reintroduced bison in Florida. I'm just saying. <laughs> <gasps> That's it.
0: Where? Not Tell like us this more. Year.
1: Not this year, but it's been ongoing since the seventies. It's in Payne's Prairie, uh, which is the Alachua Savannah that I mentioned earlier. It's near yes. Gainesville, Florida, where University of, of Florida is. Um, and there were originally bison there. When the Spanish came in, they basically eradicated them. Um, and then now they're reintroducing bison with bison from elsewhere. We have gone to Payne's Prairie, which is like a two-hour drive, specifically to try to see them. We did not see them, but it was still a cool trip. But yes, they are reintroducing bison. They're not like, they're like from elsewhere in the country, because the bison Mm -hmm. in Florida were completely eradicated, but they've brought them in from elsewhere and started repopulating Payne's Prairie, so there are wild bison there again, now that you can still see.
0: I love that, and I feel like That is really cool. And I feel like Ashley... Having your background in animal conflict, you must have a story about bison. You must have. There must be something oh, you want to say about bison. Yes.
3: Okay. Well, my first interruption was going to be. Uh, you said release the bison, which is a beautiful merch idea, and I think especially mm-hmm. if it was mm-hmm. like an angry baby bison that was like charging, that'd be really cute. What
1: if it's angry, like gross. a? What if it's like a very like very aggressive like energy drink logo that's like unleash the bison. <laughs> <laughs> release the bison. <laughs>
3: so there you go jack but yeah i we talked about a bison attack story that actually happened in utah because similar i think it was a similar thing they reintroduced bison to this island and it hasn't gone well well i mean it has but not for the people that visit so
2: it's perspective look at the fluffy cow oh no
3: Yeah. yeah exactly Mm
1: -hmm. yeah people think you can just walk right up to bison. this happens in florida where like floridians are not used to bison and don't really understand like the uh, amount of distance you need to maintain between yourself and a bison where like they'll just walk Mm -hmm. right up to them don't do that unless you hate having functional legs
3: yeah they're the most (laughs) deadly animal in yellowstone because so many people do that every year it's because they're so cute.
2: Well, I see all, yeah, I see all the TikToks and stuff of people, like, Ugh. you know, parked on the side of the road, and the bison's walking down the street, and they're, like, rolling down the window. No. like. Oh. Like stop, that thing's gonna murk you the,
1: I think the best like video Of a human responding to a bison Is the video of that reporter Who was like right outside, I think it was in Yellowstone He's a reporter like on the side of the road About to do like a newscast and he's got like His camera and mic set up and everything yeah. And then as he's talking, you just see him Look off in the background and he goes yep. Oh no And he starts <laughs> immediately just starts like You see him walk towards the camera and pick it up And he doesn't even like waste time turning it off and stuff He, he just, just walks out. directly to the car puts the camera in the car and is like absolutely not and like nopes out of the entire situation and like leaves and it's because there was a herd of bison walking towards him
3: yeah when i went to yellowstone last year like vikram was saying i had my window down and saw the bison coming and rolled it right up and was like no thank
1: you i'm all set absolutely
0: not (laughs) Yeah, people, this is one of my friends, Jodie, who also co-hosts our podcast zoo. If you are interested in zoo reviews, listeners, we go and do all that sort of stuff. She worked in a safari park where people would put their windows down and often sometimes also get out of the car in oh. a lion reserve in a safari oh. park. Nope. So nope. the fact that people are not scared of bison does not shock me at all. Like oh, at God. all, because like, yeah. People, I think people think that things can't come through windows. Like, I I, I just, I don't understand that as a theory. Um, Yeah, don't be patent. I mean,
2: cats are a liquid, and I'm pretty sure that, like, applies to the big ones, too. It's like, you leave your window cracked, and it's full of lions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder, yeah,
0: that, hmm, could you get a bison in a car? Or is it, I, I feel like it's mainly head.
3: Someone did that once with a baby bison and killed it in the last few years in Yellowstone. Yeah. Sorry. See?
2: (laughs) It's not black sheep depressing. Well bye everyone. That was
0: (laughs) That was our Christmas special. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) And that's my podcast. Uh, The best, I feel like we really are highlighting the best elements of what makes each of our podcasts very distinct from each other in Mm -hmm. these last few hours. Um, (laughs) Any other particular, any more positive light, any of the other stories you wanted to touch on? Um, Anything? I know, Ellen, you're a zoo person. Is there any exciting zoo births near you? Any things that? Uh,
1: Yes, I saw, uh, well, I wasn't like there when it was born, but at the Jacksonville Zoo, they had an Eastern Bongo that was born um, which is an extremely cute like a very large Mm -hmm. species of antelope that's very endangered Um, and I know this because one time when I was at the zoo with my family we saw them like we saw the veterinary staff of the zoo weighing the baby bongo where we saw them like holding it in like a big blanket and we got to see them kind of like you know they were just in an area where we just happened to be able to see them and we saw them carrying it around and then last time I was at the zoo just like a, a week or two ago i saw the baby bongo out on exhibit like you know laying under a tree with the other adult bongos and it was very very cute so yeah baby bongo big news I
0: love that. And that has also, that's reminded me of my my new favourite, I think I've changed it about four times. My new (laughs) favourite nature moment of 2022 was earlier this year, they released a documentary series called Inside the Zoo, which was all about Edinburgh Zoo and the Highland Wildlife Park. It was produced by the BBC, was excellent. It was about all the behind the scenes work that goes on there. And there was a clip in the very first episode. And normally the BBC is quite like, with their documentaries, they edit it very clean. They make sure it's very like, because kids documentary it's going to be or like a a documentary that would appeal to kids and in the first episode they were trying to weigh and move one of the um polar bears that they have up there and obviously a polar bear is a huge animal and they left in the audio of what has become I think I've said this a thousand times this year which was of the very Scottish man who was in there trying to lift the polar bear so someone could slide something underneath to weigh it he's lifting it and clear as day on the microphone you hear just get it under its arse
1: as soon as you said a very Scottish man I was like whatever you're about to say is going to be profane there's going to be some bad words
0: (laughs) and it was fantastic TV gold it should have won all of the BAFTAs all of the Emmys it was brilliant and I loved it Um, but yes I suppose on that very festive note um, we should move on once again to our final section Listeners, I'm so sorry. You've endured so much so far. Um, You only have one
2: section to go.
1: (laughs) We've put you through a lot today. Now that the
2: introductions are done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the 12-part series um, where we're going to be deep diving into the deep psychological issues of podcasters. The 12 Um, pods of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, the final question that I had for everybody, um, was we've celebrated Christmas, we've looked back on our wonderful 2022, the successes, the deep, dark, horrifying stories, the things to watch out for, everything that made 2022 2022. But now we will look forward. Um, And what I wanted to ask you all was what were your New Year's resolutions? What are your things that you're going to be doing in 2023 that make Just to kind of either get yourself more into nature, kind of focus on wildlife more to do with conservation, sustainability. What are your kind of nature-y New Year's resolutions? Does anyone have one or do you want me to start or like where anyone immediately got an idea?
1: I kind of have one um, in the sense that we have Mm -hmm. a plan already.
0: Um, Okay, Ellen, take mm -hmm. it away.
1: We are going in the spring for my birthday to Seattle. In the Mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest, which is a place that I lived as a child and I'm really excited to go back to. So, I'm really excited to go to uh, Mount Rainier, where I spent a lot of time as Mm -hmm. a kid, and um, explore some of the really beautiful national parks in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of animals we'll run into while we're there, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing some that are very different from what we usually see down here in Florida. It is on the opposite corner. Uh, of the continent from us so it's going to be very mm-hmm. different and i'm really looking forward to it and um i'm hoping that i'll see some really cool critters up there maybe some uh, salamanders maybe some you know i don't even know what to associate with that area moose we got moose up there maybe a moose maybe we'll see a moose that'd be cool
0: do not ask Ashley about anything to do with a moose before you go, because you'll never want to see one again. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the, the tone.
1: I know enough I about some... moose to know to keep yeah, my distance, but it would be terrifying. cool to see one. Yes, they
0: are. Uh, that's the time, though. Harking back two hours to the beginning of the podcast, that's the time. Buy your Christmas jumpers now.
4: Mm-hmm. Get up there.
0: <laughs> it's probably cold up in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know anything about the geography, but if there's a moose, it's, it's going to be cold. It's there you go. Colder bring him out in spring <laughs> it'll be fine no that's it that's a lovely like i like that that's a good is it going to be the whole fam goes up or just no a just me and my journey? husband
1: um oh, yeah oh, we're gonna nice. go up for my birthday and and have a really nice time i love my kids and i love traveling with my kids but this is gonna be a just adults trip the kids got to come to california this one is this one's just us
0: Mm -hmm. just the zoo of you
1: yeah oh my god (laughs) i think i think if we the
2: cutest thing i was
1: thinking i was like if we do some if we call it like a research trip can we write it off for like business as a business expense i wonder like yeah
3: if you do let us know how that goes and if it works if the
0: ir if the irs is cool about it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh
0: no i love that's that is a good one that's a good one to get us started i think like has anyone else w- thinking about it with have got plans to do something like exciting new year's resolutions thoughts feelings things they are gonna do do you want me to go
2: next or vikram please <laughs> i can go i can okay. go okay uh so you know i mentioned that i went and shot at that uh, wildlife preserve recently or wildlife ref- refuge recently and that was the only time i actually got out to shoot this past year mm-hmm. uh just because i let myself get busy and there's only like so many days a month where the milky way is easy to shoot but it doesn't matter blah blah, blah. um i was looking on uh, uh like google maps and just looking around and there's like six wildlife refuges within you know, a three, four hour drive of, of where I live. Uh, and most of them are like prairie ecosystem kind of places. And I'm going to try to go shoot all of them this year at some point, because they're really cool places. It's usually really dark in these places they are perfect for astrophotography. Uh, and I'm going to see, I've got a couple friends that, that like to go out and do this with me. So I'm going to see if we can get out and, uh, see all these cool places and see some wildlife and some rare plants and, um, take some pictures. I love that.
0: That's nice. That's another good. These are good holes. I need to get planning some trips because uh, I do not have anything planned. And this sounds this is making me very jealous. Um, No, that's fantastic. And like, yeah, any particular like why those six? Why? Like, because you could have gone anywhere, I suppose. Why? Why those ones?
2: uh just just because for the most part the my friends that i go shoot with we all have kids and families and and stuff so it's you know we could drive out one day go shoot one night and then come back the next day so quick trips that uh are manageable that are uh, just a good good excuse to get outside
0: Mm -hmm. i love that yeah and it makes it easier to commit to like i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. this this year because it's not like oh i'm gonna spend hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever it is on traveling around no i like that yeah i like that a lot and Ashley, what are th- thoughts, feelings, New Year's resolutions?
3: Yeah, I mean, my cop-out answer for conservation goals is that I'm just going to be taking more classes about conservation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, like in the spring, I'm going to be doing wildlife crime scene processing and like some aquatic animal and fish crime class that has to do with conservation. Who's to say? So that's my cop-out for that. But I also would love... Kind of to Vikram's point and your point. I don't have any plans for anything in particular. I've been to three national parks in my life. They're all out west. There is one estate away that I have just never gone to. So my goal is gonna be to get there. Acadia National Park in Maine.
0: I love that. I yeah, that's that's very Sorry, you did an excellent job there of not getting distracted. I'm sorry, listeners, you did not get to appreciate. I <laughs> was an Hashi Olympic is a pro podcaster right there because there was chaos going on. There was so much yeah, cute so sorry. chaos, but chaos. Uh, it was very cute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I love how we Vikram just said sorry, and we, if we left it there with no, just like no description, every, all the listeners are going to be like. Vikram did something really cute. I wonder what it choose. was. raccoons got
1: in. <laughs> this is a choose-your-own-adventure podcast where you get to decide what happened to Vikram in the last uh, 30 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think we should leave it a mystery. But no, that... Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that was fantastic, Ashley. That is... Yeah, I love that. Reasonable
3: and... goal, you know? Not trying to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Just yeah. get
3: one state away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love that. And I feel like I agree with... Every I feel like the last like few years, obviously like within Scotland and over the pandemic and everything, I spent so much time exploring Scotland and getting close and like getting to love nature. And then the last year, when things have been re- like obviously everything's still going on, but it was slightly more back to normal. I fell back almost immediately to pre-pandemic Jack, which was like working, working, focusing, sitting at a desk all the time and not taking the time to actually go outdoors and appreciate all of those things that are in Scotland anyway. So close by like for all of you like there's so much incredible things out there so i'm planning on like yeah i want to go out and just reacquaint myself with nature in more of a like yeah formal like in a less formal way than just sitting and reading and podcasting and these Like, get out there and actually see it um let's hold each
3: other accountable for that too let's yes. let's check in with each other and be like Vikram, did you take your shot this month
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna yeah we expect it posted on this day if it's not posted mm-hmm. there'll be aggressive come come coming you. your way. if twitter is still a thing if not we'll find another platform <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> so one of us will cover like emails one of us will cover instagram one of us will cover like discord we'll get you um no i love that um yeah um And yeah, I guess my like practical one as well. I was thinking about like, what practical advice could I give? Was like, I was thinking for the last little while, also pandemic problems is I got so used to driving everywhere because I was scared to go on public transport because it gave me like this anxiety to be around so many people in cramped spaces. I feel like I really fell off of the like, oh, I need to be green in my day-to-day life in terms of like transporting myself around. So I'm going to try, even if I have to wear a mask and even if I have to like, cover myself in hand sanitizer to really in 2023 work on getting back to like using public transport and using all these things that are there to make day-to-day life greener as well which i feel like could be we'll see how it goes um hopefully all will be fine um and we'll get through it i'm going to uni every day i can get a train there one of one way or another i'll be using more public transport hopefully in the in the new year um and yes unless anybody has any more Thoughts? Feelings. The rest
1: is still unwritten.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you <laughs> so Call much, Ellen. End it right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Um and on that note, we'll do a whip round one last time. Anything you want to promote, anything where can listeners find you like all that sort of stuff we'll start with Ashley do you want to go first because you're next to me on the screen in my, sure. life, in my layout anyway um me too so yes oh lovely um so yes uh you go first where can people find you what okay. should they listen to what should they do yeah
3: yes all the things so get out alive live podcast is on like pretty much any podcast streaming platform you'd probably find this one on uh twitter at the angryologist instagram get out alive pod facebook get out a live podcast tiktok get out alive that's it
0: nailed it i love <laughs> this is my favorite thing distinct. is listening to people who have like podcast closing spiels is my favorite so vikram you can go next
2: uh yeah you can find plant apology on facebook instagram twitter uh i think that's all i am also the plant prof on youtube and uh, TikTok, for better or worse. You <laughs> Guys, you need to find Vikram.
3: Yeah, Vikram's TikTok is high tier. Mm. We could <laughs> so have, reca- have fun
2: with it.
0: We could have recapped the year just based on what Vikram was angry about on TikTok <laughs> each month. And I feel like that would have been just as entertaining. So mm-hmm. really go back and enjoy those uh, if you're on TikTok, because they are top tier. Um, and uh, Ellen, last but not least... Yeah, uh, we are Just the Zoo of Us. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram,
1: Twitter. We have a Discord server that's really fun and sweet. Um, I'm just going to say go to JusttheZooOfUs.com, and that has links to everything where you can listen to the show. And and every single person on this episode has been on. Um, Ashley talked about great horned owls. Vikram talked about plants. And Jack talked about pangolins. So we have an episode for everybody on this show Mm so uh those are great entry points for anybody listening Mm -hmm. you could find one of those Mm
0: -hmm. and the only episode i've not listened to of those is my own one because i still haven't built up the courage to listen to my own voice i never Um. i'm sorry (laughs) i
1: never listen to like if i'm on another podcast i do not listen to it i can't do it (laughs)
0: no <laughs> no nope. nope. I try I like listen to the first like I'll listen to your intro or listen to whoever's interviewing me the little intro and then it gets to me and I listen to like 10 seconds like nope, nope, like nope I nope, think nope,
1: I get nope, the gist nope. of this <laughs> Yeah,
0: yep uh, it's all fine it's fine um it's all good um no that's fantastic and yes as always um if you're new thank you for joining us if you're old and have been with pangolin for a while thank you for joining us as well and staying with us not old not Vikram. stop laughing. <laughs> Not old. If you're old, if you're a pensioner, thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you're young, thank you for joining us. If you have been a subscriber for a while, that's what I meant. Thank you you for joining us. Mm, Um, To celebrate our Christmas, um, you can subscribe to the show. You can leave us a nice review. You can do all of those things on all of your favourite podcasting platforms. And you can follow us on all of the social medias at Pangolin Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at OnlyJackPaker or on Instagram at the only jack baker i'm on those two um and yeah that is everything i had to to plug as well so i just want to say a huge 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 thank you to ashley vikram ellen everybody for listening everyone for being involved everyone who submitted questions thank you all so much for joining me because i know it's Hard to pin lots of people down all at once, but you all made the effort to be here for Christmas, for the holidays, for the new year. So thank you. Thank you so much for all joining me. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jack. Yeah, thank yeah, you so for having fun.
0: us. Yes, I I feel like there's a, a monthly or a biannual <laughs> thing coming on now because this has been so much fun. Um, we'll just have to celebrate all of the holidays. We'll be like, a, here is yeah. our Halloween special. Here's easter
3: animal attacks yeah Halloween special
2: would be loved. that would be (laughs) we need to look up bunny attacks yeah and uh yeah
0: (laughs) I would love that do that if you have not get that written down somewhere because we need that episode um right (laughs) and on that wonderful festive note thank you all so much for listening look out for raccoons don't eat mushrooms uh (laughs) reindeers are fantastic um keep your eyes on pigeons they are real (laughs) don't let Vikram steal them if he tries to um and Merry Christmas Happy New Year (laughs) until next time thank you all so much for listening and goodbye
1: thanks (laughs) bye